Blog Talk Radio. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Your hosts are here for the show tonight to interview our special guests. A show highlight, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, boxing, tennis, golf, story. Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, tune in for all the news and scores, reporting on the games, and so much more, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and All right, how's everybody doing so far tonight? Hope everybody's doing well. We're going to have a great show for you tonight. This is Alan from the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. And we're going to go ahead and do things big tonight. All right. So let me go ahead and just let you know our show is sponsored by none other than Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So we're going to go ahead and have a great show for you tonight. Let me go ahead and play a great song for you now. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Comes in for variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. A natural flavor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. A classic taste for chicken steak chips. A hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Serve on fish and vegetables Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce
I want to thank our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. And let's bring our great buddy, Lou. How you doing so far tonight, Lou? Oh, awesome. Can you hear me, buddy? You there? Yeah. Lou, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. I had the volume down. My fault. That's all right. I'm That's on a brand right. new I'm phone. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad you're on tonight. Definitely yeah. glad to hear from you. And yeah. thank you. Yeah. really appreciate you calling in and Thanks for doing that. I did want to let our listening audience know that Aaron, unfortunately, could not make it tonight. He has something pressing. Okay. Okay, Lou. All right. That's our good buddy, Lou. He had something. (laughs) Tonight's Friday. It's uh, Cinco de Mayo. I guess people have something going on. So as a show must go on here. And I did want to let you guys know that, unfortunately, Chef, I did want to let you know that Aaron could not be here tonight. But we're going to make sure we have a fantastic show for you. And then this phone number here is 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572. We have a great show for you tonight. Thank you, Sam Scola, for those two songs there. want to thank our great sponsors, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. Please feel free to pick up a four-pack at flbbqsauce.com. Again, that's flbbqsauce.com. Got a lot of great stuff for you tonight. And we're going to start with Major League Baseball. You know, one of the things that has happened this week is the Tampa Bay Rays are actually playing the Yankees this week. The Tampa Bay Rays are off to a fantastic start. I mean, I I thought when we reported this earlier that they would have cooled down by now. They have not. They are still winning a lot of games. And not only are they winning a lot of games, but they're up in the standings by five games against the Orioles already. Now that the Yankees lost, they're 10 games behind the last place. So one of the things that came up a lot this week is, is it panic time for the Yankees? Can't win or lose a playoff game or division in May. It's 162 games in a baseball season. A lot of time to make up, a lot of things going on, but you don't want to fall too far behind. And I wouldn't say it's panic time, but it's definitely time for a concern. Now that they lost, they are officially 10 games back. You don't want to be 10 games back of anybody in your division this early. Can the Yankees come back? Yes, they can. They have shown that they can still make waves and still do their thing, make things very interesting down the stretch. But now they are sitting in dead last place. It is definitely time for concern. I wouldn't say panic, not panic time, but it is a time for concern. It is a time where you're going to have to start winning some games and start getting wins in bunches, you know, start going winning streak, get yourself some wins to go with it. And that's the thing which you want to make sure you do at this point. Unfortunately, the, the Yankees are in last place and it was a lot of panic. They did lose today's, Score was five to four. 
They did get a big home run that brought them closer. But that's the thing when you deal with the Yankees. I, I definitely feel as if the Rays have a better team. Let me let you know right off the bat. Yes, it's not panic time for the Yankees, but it is level of concern. What I love about teams like the Rays, and I always feel as if teams like the Rays will always do well during the season in the playoffs and have a chance is because they are a team that's not just built on hitting home runs. If you want to be successful in Major League Baseball, it's a triangle. You have to have timely hitting, guys who can run the bases well, and pitching. You know, the Yankees seem to have pitching that they'll have one or two aces, but the the other part of the staff is a big drop-off from the first and second pitching. You know, you get average pitching really at that point, and then you're built on just hitting the long ball. Well, that's usually a recipe for disaster because you're not going to be able to hit a home run every single time. And if you just go base to base to base, based on a hit, that's a recipe for disaster. What I love about the Rays is they always built with speed. They always have guys that can run the bases well. And that plays big dividends down the stretch and during the season. And it shows. So I love what the Rays are doing. It's just unfortunate that fans in the Tampa Bay area, the St. Pete area, Lakeland, Orlando, one of the things that's unfortunate about the Tampa Bay Rays is the team has actually been doing well for many years now. This is not a surprise to me, actually, the fact that they're doing this well. They've been doing well for some time now. And fans, for whatever reason, you know, they'll come and support them from here and there, but Unfortunately, when a team is great as they are doing now, they should have more support. Hey, go out to a game. Go out and support the Rays. They're doing big things. You're going to see the number one team in the AL East, five games up, winning season. Go out and support them while you can because no guarantee that they're going to stick around. You know, I love when fans complain and say, oh, this is bad, that they want to move, they want to leave. If you want your team to stay in your city and in your backyard, you have to support, 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 and support. You can't complain about a situation if you're not willing to do something about it. That's how I look at it. You want the Rays to stay, come out to the game. There is no excuses. The reason why I say that is because the tickets are dirt cheap. They have you know, they have these great giveaways, not cheap giveaways, too. They actually give away some really nice stuff that is really cool. Not only that, they have concert series where you can go to a game and watch a concert right after. And on top of that, they are fun to watch. You know, it is, it's exciting to go ahead to a Rays game and watch it. Tickets are cheap. They have, you know, plenty of options available. They have specials. Is really, you know, that's really cool that they do everything they can to make it fan friendly and, you know, for you to come, whether you're coming in with your date, whether you're coming in as a family, it's a really cool experience. Go out and support the Rays. Here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show, we're going to do some more things to help by getting, I don't want to say who, but I'm going to try to get some interviews with some prominent people to see what the raised steps are in the future as far as staying or moving. That is something 
that's in the works. I'll keep you up to date on that. And if you just joined our show, unfortunately, Aaron cannot make it tonight. But here, this is Alan from the Alan Aaron Sports Radio Show. Promise you a great show tonight. Feel free to give us a call at 516-418-5572. Again, it's 516-418-5572. But now we're going to go ahead and shift gears. And we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs. We'll talk a little bit about that now. And in the NBA, the series that a lot of people are interested in is the Lakers. Definitely that series, in the, that's going to be a big, big, big series, okay? One thing about the this series here, the Warriors versus the Lakers, to me, that is always an interesting matchup because you have LeBron playing against Steph Curry. Now, to me, neither one of these men, if they, let's say, unfortunately don't win this series in advance, it's not going to break their career. But definitely it is something that will be eye-opening. And the reason why I say that is because, in my view, the reason why LeBron doesn't have at least two more rings, at least two more, is because of Steph Curry. Steph Curry and the Warriors have been a thorn, in my view, of LeBron from him being where people would say he's on Mount Rushmore, but they still would give Jordan this kind of the edge. If LeBron has two more rings, to me, he's looked in a totally different way. He has four, he would have six. He would have tied Michael Jordan by now. And that makes a huge difference. I just feel as if the way Steph Curry can shoot from the outside and the perimeter shooting he has, it makes it very difficult to defend. He doesn't need much space to just get that ball up. I mean, I don't know anybody who can hit. I I haven't seen anybody that can hit threes like I've had seen Steph Curry. I mean, the guy doesn't just get it from the line. He can shoot from midcourt as if he's shooting from the free throw line. I mean, his his accuracy is unbelievable, and he could create a shot without needing much space between you and the defender. So you could actually be defending him really good. He could step back and shoot it really well. He could just take a step over and shoot it. As long as he gets his hand, he gets a shot at the basket. It, it's almost like it's almost automatic. I mean, he is just that great of a shooter. The greatest shooter I've actually ever seen. And I've seen some great shooters in the NBA. But I believe Steph Curry takes the cake. Having said that, I think the Lakers are going to give a great fight this series. But I just feel as if Steph is going to, Steph and the Warriors are going to find a way to beat LeBron again. I felt as if the Lakers had a lot of life because they won game one. Usually if teams win game one, doesn't mean you're going to win the whole series, but it's a very, very good start. They got blown out in game two, so now it's tied. To me, the momentum shifts back to the Warriors. And when you could, not only him, but Clay Thompson, when you have guys on your team that could shoot so well, and it just makes it tough for you, even if you're LeBron. I mean, LeBron's a big, big guy. So is AD. 
whereas the Warriors don't have really a guy that is a big man like that, but they have guys that could just shoot. They could just shoot their lights out. And it's no longer the old school basketball where, yes, it does. It's great where you could drive to the basket, but the big man is not as much of a, a presence now because you have that three-point shot. I just feel as if the Warriors are going to do what they need to do and they're going to win in this series. And this is going to be another thorn, I feel, in LeBron's side. Unfortunately for him, you know, it's, you know, they say it's the greatest rivalry in sports. I would have to agree, but also kind of disagree because, to me, it hasn't really been much of a rivalry. I feel as if, you know, Steph Curry and the Warriors really have gotten the best of LeBron. LeBron has one shining bright star in the fact that he was down 3-1. And he came back and won this series. Now, Draymond Green got suspended. We all know that. That made it to LeBron's advantage. But at the same token, he still won three games in a row. So, you know, you can't just say because one guy, it discredits everything that LeBron has done. So that one, you have to kind of tip your hat to LeBron. But overall, I still feel Steph Curry has the best of LeBron. And... I feel like this is going to be another notch on the belt because Steph Curry, unfortunately, I feel as if he's going to do his thing. But we'll see. I'll keep you up to date on this and a lot more in NBA news. In fact, uh, we're going to go ahead and as we get closer to the playoffs, we keep our word here at the Ellen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. As the playoffs gets a lot deeper, the NBA playoffs, we're going to debut another great song for you for the basketball season. I will keep you up to date on those details a bit later, but just give you a little nugget of what's to come as we get deeper into the NBA playoffs. So a lot to cover there in the NBA too. I did also want to go ahead and give props to, to none other than the MVP of the basketball season, the 2023 season, that is the center, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. Congratulations to Joel Embiid for winning the MVP for the NBA 2023 season. Let's go ahead and give this props today. Congratulations. And let me go ahead and... Yeah, that's a monster award to win. It's a fantastic personal achievement. You know, I've said it before. That's the next best thing to winning a championship. I still would take a championship ring over the MVP. But nonetheless, the MVP is always going to give you some great bragging rights. And it's something that's a great individual accomplishment. Congratulations, Joel. Joel and B for getting that. And it's not easy because you have stiff competition in the NBA to get that award. So major props there. But uh, we're going to go ahead and shift gears now and talk a little bit about the NFL and the XFL. And you might say, how, how are we talking about the NFL and XFL together? Well, I'll get into that in a, just a couple of moments. But I will let you know that football season is, is I feel like it's still on the way, even though it's not in the NFL season. 
you have the XFL season that's coming down to an end with the championship game coming up. That's going to be next Saturday. And the reason why I'm discussing the NFL and XFL is because as of right now, as I posted it up on social media, as of right now, you have 26, repeat that, 26 players from the XFL, the eight teams, that have an invitation to NFL camps. 26 players are invited to NFL camps from the XFL. That deserves a round of applause. Two of those players are from the Orlando Guardians, and that's a team that I cover, the Orlando Guardians. But this is this is monumental, and it's truly awesome. I did hear, I did see a couple of the fans complaining, saying that the XFL should not suck up, is what they would say to the NFL, and kind of like promote it as much as they have that some of their players, their better players, their best players, are after one year getting an invite to the NFL training camp. And they they look at that as a bad thing because they feel as if the XFL is actually better than the NFL, they should kind of like monopolize and keep their better players. So I'm going to talk about that first and foremost. Is it a good thing if you have your best players going to the NFL, let's say after a year of playing in the XFL? I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's a magnificent thing because you have to always look at what's best for the players, the team, and the league before you can look at what's best for you. I think a lot of people always, when they give advice, they always look at what's best for them versus removing themselves out of the equation and saying what's best for the situation at hand, players, coaches, fans, the league, what is best? To me, is a fantastic thing that 26 players from the XFL have an invitation to join an NFL training camp. And let me explain to you why I think that's a magnificent thing. When you're playing on the XFL, now you have extra motivation to do even better because now it is a proven fact with the 26 players that are getting invited It's a proven fact that if you go ahead and ball out at the XFL, there is a high probability, not only one thing, one thing for sure that you're going to get looked at by some scouts. And second of all, if you really stand out, there's an opportunity for you to be promoted to the NFL. You understand? You have to take it seriously. That's a great opportunity for you. So now you could get Take it in the, you know, draft. We just had the draft. But if you're missing a draft, let's say you're a collegiate player, you could go ahead and sign a year league, a year with the XFL, fall out, and who knows, get another opportunity, and now you get invited to training camp. I will say to the listening audience, so you understand, is that an invite does not guarantee that you're going to be on an NFL roster. There was That was the other thing they said, well, okay, it's 93 guys that are coming to training camp. It's going to be cut down to 53. Okay. But you're still going to be one of the 93 players that are invited to be looked at and considered 
to be cut down to the 53. Even the XFL, they had, hey, I'll even give my personal story. They have 70, I believe it's 71 players. I could be off on the number, but let's say 70-ish players started the, NF, the XFL roster. Only 51 ended up being on the roster. In fact, my very first XFL interview with a player, unfortunately, which I won't mention a name, you'll have to do your own research to find out, that player, unfortunately, did not make the roster. So I interviewed them so early that they were still in the training camps type stage. They wasn't, it wasn't technically training camp, but it was in their workout stage. They did not, unfortunately, make the final roster. So I look at it like this. You got an invite. Just like you balled out in the XFL, now it's the next. You got to ball out in the training camp. You got to go there and be hungry, do your very, very best, go out there and shine. If it's in God's will, you will be one of those players on that 51-player roster. You can't come in there negatively. And if you don't like competing, sports is really not the profession for you. If you're a person who does not like to compete with others, you like to just get what you get and not really care about whether you how you compare with someone else, you don't really care if somebody's looking to do better than you and you not really don't have that competitive spirit in you, realistically, sports is not the type of profession for you anyway. You should love to compete. You should love to be granted these opportunities. And this is a great opportunity for you. It's not a guaranteed roster spot, but hey, guys, the other 90 guys that are there with you, 93, the other 92 guys are not guaranteed a roster spot either. You got to ball out, but it gives you an opportunity. The next step is coming to training camp, making a great impression and balling out. I think it's a wonderful thing that 26 players and counting 26 players over to just the last two days. I, I can rest assure you there's going to be more before training camp opens up that are going to be invited from the XFL because Charleston Rambo and Jordan Thomas were just two out of really the 10 players just on the Guardians alone that I would say could get a second look for NFL contention. So props to those 26 men and counting that have been invited to training camps. Continue to ball out. Don't be cocky about this invite. Don't be boastful about it. Look at it as a blessing of an opportunity. Go in here and ball out. You still are not guaranteed anything, so you still have to stay humble and hungry. On other XFL news, next Saturday is the big championship game, which is the XFL Super Bowl. I definitely wanted to go ahead and say thank you to the XFL, the Orlando Guardians, and also the Arlington Renegades for providing us some opportunities this week for some excellent interviews. So I definitely want to say thank you for that. It was something that was unexpected. And, you know, sometimes in life, when you get something that's unexpected, you appreciate it even more. So I definitely appreciate them making those interviews happen. The Renegades, for all that you do.
Yeah, so definitely that was awesome. The end of the interviews we got was Donald Payne Jr., linebacker for the Arlington Renegades. Definitely props to Donald Payne Jr. And we got Rennell Hall, wide receiver for the Arlington Renegades, who coincidentally, I mean, this is a small world, folks. My guy Terrence Plummer, T Plum, a linebacker for the Orlando Guardians. He never told me this, but we found out in this interview of all the players they could have actually sent for me to interview. I haven't, besides just a couple of guys on the team, I really haven't interviewed much of anybody on the Arlington Renegades. Rennell Hall, and it was Rennell Hall is actually the roommate, former roommate for UCF for Terrence Plummer. That was just <laughs> like, you think about the world being a small place. I mean, of all people, somebody you you really enjoy, you speak to a lot, you even supported him throughout the year and bought his shirt, props to Terrence Plummer, but I couldn't believe that I actually ended up meeting his roommate. <laughs> that was just like, wow. But that was some, both of the interviews were fantastic. I wish Donald Payne Jr. and Rennell Hall fantastic luck. Oh, I should say luck. Best wishes in the championship game that's going to come up a week from today. A week from today. I can't believe it that a week from today is the grand finale, the last game of the XFL season. It is a week from today. So I will keep you guys posted on that. And next Friday is when I'll give my prediction. I won't give my prediction just yet because still I have a week to go. There's a long time. It almost feels like a long time. And I've known throughout the time of any Super Bowl champion game where there's two weeks, a lot can happen in those two weeks. So I'm going to let my prediction know, be known the day before the game, which will be next Saturday. And the game is at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 7 o'clock Central Time. And so definitely check into that. It's going to be a, a, definitely a game that you're gonna, we're going to have a lot to talk about. So check out for the XFL Championship game. It's, again, all of their Super Bowl. So look out for that. I have to say, man, it's it's been uh it's been definitely an interesting interesting takes from people that I've heard for the XFL and sometimes you wonder where these people sometimes get their point of view from. You still get people that are bitter St. Louis Battlehawks fans. Let me say this and let me say this with all due respect. You cannot complain about a situation where you know the rules up front and at the end, things don't bounce your way. You complain about the system. Don't be mad. You know, like they say, don't hate the game, hate the player. Well, don't help, don't hate the XFL, hate the Danucci. Don't hate the XFL, hate the Danucci. To me, Ben DiNucci is the reason why the St. Louis Battlehawks are not in the playoffs. It's very simple. You just remove 
the Arlington Renegades from the equation. Just, just take it off the table and just look at yourself. You had a game at home with 35,000 fans in attendance. It was very simple at that point, regardless of what any other team did or did not do. All you had to do was beat Ben Denushi at home, and you would have advanced in the playoffs. Jim Hazlitt said it clearly, and I love the way he said it. You know, there is going to be a team that's going to have a very good record in our division, but they're not going to make the playoffs. That's a smart man. He said that like two or three games before that game with Ben Denushi. You went ahead and played Ben Denushi's and the Seattle Sea Dragons, and you laid a golden egg. You did not play well in that game at all. You did not even crack 15 points. You had 35,000 strong in attendance, and you played poorly. Talking about the St. Louis Battlehawks. You lost the game. Then at this point, it was a prayer and a wish list to make the playoffs. So what had to happen next was you had to make sure that the, the Atlanta Guards didn't score a lot. You had to run up the score in the Guardians. Then even on top of that, you had to hope that the Sea Dragons didn't really score too many points. And you had to hope that the Vipers didn't score too many points too. Well, actually, you had to make sure that the, the Seattle Sea Dragons, they could have won, but they, didn't, they couldn't get over 34 points. When you get into those type of situations, that's not good. Realistically, you have to ask yourself, do I deserve to even be in the playoffs when I need a, a prayer and a hope and this and that? And this guy, you know, you, you need calculus to kind of work your way. You lost to Ben Denushi. That was your playoff game. So guess what? You were complaining about the Arlington Renegades being a losing team playing in the South Division Championship game. And lo and behold, they beat the, the Houston Roughnecks. So as far as I'm concerned, the Arlington Renegades deserve to make it to the championship game. Not only do I say they deserve to make it to the championship game, they deserve to make it to the championship game, and that's the reason why they're in the championship game. They deserve to be there more so than the St. Louis Battlehawks because they have earned their right. They played. They, based on the rules, that's the fact the Guardians wanted to do what, the Guardians wanted to really do what the Arlington Renegades did. So they needed to get the four wins. That being the Guardians, it didn't work out that way. But the Arlington Renegades did. They made the playoffs. Losing teams do make the playoffs. Ask the Bucks that. There are plenty of NFL teams. You had a North and South division. We all knew that who was in your division. We all knew what, who was in the other division. You can't look across like county lines and then determine, hey, that's messed up that they're doing something over there. You were playing the North division. You had to make sure you were one of the top two teams in your division, which is four teams. You had to beat out two other teams in your division. Same thing on the other side. You did not get the job done. You don't deserve to make it. Yes, you had strong attendance. I will give you that. But also, let's be fair. St. Louis Battlehawks 
And St. Louis has not had a team for – you had a team and had to take it away. So if you look at the facts, the attendance has been dropping, 1,000 down to 35, and then you went down to a little over 30,000 in the last game. So Ben Danucci is who you should be upset about and yourself for not making the playoffs. It's as simple as that. Stop crying about the Arlington Renegades. They did their part. And in fact, they did pa- pass their part because now they're in the championship game because they beat the Roughnecks. So I will still give my prediction of who I feel as if is going to win a championship game and a lot more XFL news to come on the last week of the season. You know, that's for 2023 season that is but the great news is there will be a 2024 season so if you're a player or fan you know what the the light is very bright for you especially if you're a player because next year you just know that you have to ball out do everything you can say your prayers but there is a great opportunity you have if you do the right thing and ball out and separate yourself from the pack there's a chance that you could be invited to NFL camp. And that's a fact. You have to look at the facts. So congratulations to the 26 men who made it. I'll keep you up to date on some more XFL news. We're going to talk a little bit about boxing. A little boxing now. So let me do that for you. And I'm going to talk about this nauseating theme that went again this week about Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis. I said it before and I'll say it again. I give Ryan Garcia credit for stepping up and giving us a fight that we wanted to see. Wanted to see as a boxing fan, you have Ryan Garcia in his prime. You have Tank Davis in his prime. They were both guys that attract a lot of attention. And you know what? In boxing, you don't usually get this too often where the best, you know, as far as I would, what we could consider one of the best in the division fights one of the best in their prime. In boxing, it seemed like the best one avoid the best to keep their, their O. But the only way that we're really going to know who's going to win is if they fight each other. So I gave Ryan Garcia a lot of credit for stepping up to the plate where a lot of guys wouldn't. He stepped up to the plate with Tank Davis and we quickly found out that he was outclassed, meaning Ryan Garcia is a very good boxer, but Tank Davis is just a fantastic boxer. You know, boxing is not just about punching really fast and having a good right hook. It's about strategic defense and technical skills. You have to be able to throw punches and hit the opponent without you taking fire back. That's the skill set of it. Hit and not be hit. And Tate Davis showed he's worlds ahead of Ryan Garcia in the hit and don't get hit category. So Ryan Garcia, you know, went ahead and gave it his, you know, a great effort, but he was just simply outclassed by a boxer who was just far superior than he was. There's nothing, no shame in that. Tate Davis is just a more skilled and better boxer. I said this coming in. I said the only way that Tank would lose this fight is if, you know, he he gets into kind of like a brawl with 
Ryan Garcia, and he kind of gets off his his boxing skills. But in a sense, if he kind of took him out of his head and just started just exchanging punches, then Ryan Garcia had a very good chance of winning the fight. But it didn't go that way. Tank Davis stuck to the boxing. And Ryan Garcia, for those who don't know, got knocked down in the second round with a vicious counterpunch. And in the seventh round, he got down in a sense with a body liver shot. And that ended the fight. That was another thing people kept talking about over the last week was Ryan Garcia quit. He could have he could have and should have continued. A lot of fans felt as if he could have continued, and he just decided to just stay down and quit. I will say this much. Getting hit in the liver really, really hurts and sucks. And it hurts even more when you didn't see the punch coming. I would say that much. And I would say this much. Do I think Ryan Garcia could have continued? Probably so. He probably I would agree on that. He probably could have continued. You know, meaning he could have got up and at least the ref would have probably gave him another opportunity to continue to fight longer. But to me, at that point, the fight was realistically over. Yes, it could have continued for an entertainment value, but the reality was, in that condition, you are not going to come back and beat Tank Davis. Maybe another boxer in another situation that might work, but I know there's been some fights where somebody was messed up and they came back and won. Yeah, that's true, but that's not going to happen against Tank Davis. I'm sorry. With all due respect, I highly doubt that's going to happen. Ryan Garcia was just going to get hurt even more. You know, he was a wounded duck and he was just going to get hurt more. There's really no sense. Stop. There was really no sense. Continue to fight. Even if he did continue, let's say he got up and said, Hey, I'm good. Let's go. The the ref would have probably let it continue. And then Ryan Garcia would have done his thing anyway. And the fight would have been over. So in a sense, it was over anyway. Ryan Garcia was not Davis that night. And it was very obvious to me. So, it might as well just call it for what it is. The fight was over. Now comes the next thing about them trying to talk about a rematch. And I will say this much on that. Ryan Garcia did not do well enough in this fight to convince me or a lot of other real boxing fans a rematch is warranted. You understand? Fans still have to pay for the fight and buy into the fight. What made this fight sellable was that they, people felt Ryan Garcia had a chance, which I did do agree. Ryan Garcia did have actually a very good chance to win this fight. Did he? No. And we clearly saw, because they did fight each other, that Ryan Garcia was outclassed. If they fight a week from now, two weeks from now, two months from now, six months from now, the same result is going to happen. Now, I will say this much. Down the road, maybe four or five fights for Tank, four or five fights at least minimum for Ryan. Sure, maybe anything is possible in the future, but I don't feel as if this fight is really warranted of a rematch because they were so outclassed. If you do get a rematch, it's usually where the fight was a lot closer, and it's usually a controversial decision. For example, when Tyson Fury fought Deontay Wilder the first time, a lot of people felt as if Tyson Fury actually did win the first fight, but 
it was a relatively closer, much closer fight than the Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. Much closer fight. They called it a draw. I don't think it was a draw. I felt as if Tyson Fury won the fight. However, it was one of those things that, yeah, maybe I could see where you might say it was a draw. It wasn't out of, you know, because it did go back and forth towards the end. Okay, I'll say that. But to me, that fight at least warranted a rematch because then it really pretty much closed the door. It was controversial the way it ended, and it was like a question mark. This fight between Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis was not a question mark. Even if they fight, you know, maybe a year, two years from down the road, maybe, but not right now. I'm not interested in seeing a rematch. I'm really not. Tank Davis is the better fighter, better boxer, and hence he's going to win. You know, it's kind of like in golf. And the reason why a person criticized me once because I use analogy, but this is how golf works. If you're very skilled in golf and you keep practicing it, let's say four or five days a week, and then you have a weekend golfer and he only practices really on the weekend, maybe picks up a practice when he sneaks it in between work, maybe once a week. Even if you play a game six months or a year from now, it's going to be very difficult for the weekend golfer to catch up to somebody who's playing three to five days a week or even three days a week. And if you're a better golfer to begin with, the weekend golfer is, is going to have – he's going to have a tough time beating you. The only way that could possibly happen is if the weekend golfer has the best golfing game of his career and – the other opponent has his worst golfing game of his career. And even then, I still think the guy who's more skilled would still be better, but it would be a much closer between the two of them. And the guy who's been practicing more and who has more skill, it's not that easy for you to catch up to him. And the same thing goes in boxing. When someone's technically better than you, you can improve, but it's, it's very difficult for you to catch them in the span of a, a six months, a year, maybe two years, anything can happen, but it's, it's far difficult. You have to do a lot of work, and they actually would have to come down a notch or two. And I just don't see that happening. I think Tank Davis is doing his thing. I hope they make the Devin Haney fight, because I would love to see that. You know, I hope that uh, Devin Haney and Tank fight. That would be very interesting to see. And let me go ahead and bring... Our great friend Lou back on. Okay, Alan, can you hear me now? I sure can. How you been? Okay. All right. I think uh, for you. Thanks. Well, right now, if you're a Devils fan, I got two words to say. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. What's going on in, in the uh, Devils fan? Well, I'm not surprised by this because um, they're getting whooped. They're getting whooped pretty badly. But uh, going to begin to support the Carolinas, I'm not surprised. You predicted this. This is nothing of a surprise to you at all. No, not at all. All right. So let me. I mean, getting past the Rangers is one thing, but um, going up against a powerhouse like uh, Carolina, no. And let me update the fans on that. It's four. Oh, here we go. Four to one, Carolina is ahead. It's in period now, three. Okay. Four to one now. Yep, four to one. Carolina is leading the series one to zero. Oh. 
And if if it holds on and Carolina wins, it'll be 2-0. But do you think it's it's over, or do you think – let's say they – No, no, considered... of course not. No, no, of course okay. not. I mean, these were the two best teams in the division – or actually the conference, rather. So it should be a fairly decent fight. But remember, remember that the Rangers, you know, outgrown 10-2 in the first two games, and look what happened after that. I mean, could be deja vu all over again? Yeah, it could. I'm not saying it will, but it could because the Devils don't go down that easy either. So right now, I mean, I think maybe they just stick uh, being at home more or being in the, in the New York tri-state area. I just don't know about, you know, how they do outside of it. That's, that's the problem I think that's worrying me and a lot of uh, fans, who some of them I know personally. Yeah, so it, 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 you're right. It's not over till it's over, even if they go down 2-0. But are you concerned if you're a, a New Jersey Devils fan if they go down 0-2? Maybe a little, but not, not much. I've okay. seen the Devils come back from this before. You know, I mean, I was one of the original Devils fans to begin with. For the record, I guess I am that old. <laughs> no, I am, I am. I may look young, but I'm not. Well, at least it's good that you look young. That's always a good thing. If you feel young, that's even better. Well, when you're Dick Clark's evil twin, that helps. So, okay. Anywho. (laughs) I mean, if they're down 3-0, yeah, I would worry. Because that's almost difficult to come back from. And it's only been done, what, twice? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're right. 3-0, yes, you should worry. 2 no. No, you're absolutely right. It definitely dealing down two games is like, okay, you got to come back and win the next game type of thing. It's not over yet, but you're right. No. It's, it's getting towards – you're walking towards the point of no return. No, no I'm just and reading we, something very no, – I'm, no, I'm just reading something uh, – well, kind of sad, but even though it's expected, it was expected, the Big 12 ends June, July, 20, uh, July 1st of 2024. Thanks a lot for realignment, idiots. <laughs> First the Big East, now this. Yeah. Hmm, I just have an idea for a new song. Oh, yeah, what's that? You ready? Yep. It's the end of college football as we know it. It's the <laughs> end of college football and we know it feels sick. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. My apologies to REM fans everywhere. Well, yeah, we knew so it was coming. I mean, first the Big East, and then, you know, what's we next? The Pac-12? I mean, the Pac-12 is half your teams going East, so it can't be really the Pac-12 anymore. How do they make it simple like when I was young? What was going on when you were young as far as college football? Well, the Big East was just coming into play. I mean, the Pac-12 was the Pac-10. Um... I'm not sure what the Big Ten was like. Well, I think it was the Big Ten, but I think I think it was um, close to normal. Uh, we only had six major bowl games, and we only had like a three minor ones. So, um, and, and you know, so um, it, it's a completely different style. I mean, ever since like um, the mid 2010s, I think it's when it's uh, derailed college football. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But the good thing is the draft is now complete. Were you happy yeah. the way the draft went? Mediocrity for the Jets. I mean, okay, they did get one, but but not only got was one one good player. I'm a little I'm a little worried about I mean however, uh some of the uh 
former Packers uh, that played with um, Rodgers is uh, going to play with him there. But, uh, you know, like we said before, are we going to see the Rodgers of the, of the Super Bowl era, or are we going to see the beat-up run-down version? Yeah, for your sake, I hope we see the the one that's a lot better because the, you gave up a lot to get him. You had to pay a lot of money for him. Is it possible Mark wanna... Sanchez can come out of retirement? <laughs> Anytime I think about Mark Sanchez, I think about that fumble, <laughs> you know? Okay, okay. But you know what? I Props guess... to Mark Sanchez. You know what? He's grown up a lot. I thought he was very, very mature when he played for the Jets. But he's grown up a lot. He's actually a pretty good announcer, I would say. Pretty good broad, you know, broadcast guy. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Some of them do go on to become good sportscasters, and some. Um, actually, we have there's a fellow that used to play for I think it was the Eagles, and he is a sportscaster for Channel Ten. Yeah, so that's that's always good. That you know what? Does the name Vice, Vice like a hammer ring a bell? No, he doesn't. That's because you're not from. Uh, well, you're well, you're from the New York area, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, this is, this is more associated with Philadelphia, which isn't that far, and he works for Channel Ten. So uh, I've seen some of his reports when I'm down in South Jersey. So uh, yeah, so it's always he wasn't, great. You he know, wasn't we... Eagle. He wasn't Eagle, and you know now he's um now he's well he was with uh, Philadelphia Channel Ten. I don't know where he is now though. And another, another, uh, well, another good reporter who was um, for local channel five. You see him on the Sunday for Fox. Oh yeah, so there's, there's a few guys who made it. Who's made it? So you know, it's always a good thing. I, I love the fact that you might get a, a job in the broad or in the, the booth. You know. Yeah. So I don't know how they yeah. handle it during cold weather days. <laughs> Yeah, turn, that, on the, turn on the heating system. You might need it. That's right. You know that that's where the beat on the field kind of is not the coolest thing. Is like when you're playing in Buffalo or something like that, and it's cold, and you have to be outside by the desk. Yeah, that one's kind of tough. Yeah. And but the Yankees yeah. have to get away. From, the Yankees got to get away from the injured list. And I'm glad you brought that up. Is it time for the Yankees to panic yet? No, of course not. It's only May, it's only May 5th. By the way, happy Cinco de Mayo. Um, it's not like it's July 25th or August. You know, it's still 100 and some odd games to go. So, And it's a very tough division this year because all are above 500. So, I mean, time to panic? No. If you're the Oakland A's, yeah, your season ended, uh, pre- your season ended the last week of preseason. So your season's already over. Yeah, I don't think it's time to panic, but I definitely do think no, it's time no. to concern. It is a, it is a bit of a, now they're officially ten games back. You don't want to fall too far behind, is what it is. It's not time to panic. I agree with you, but at the Yankees, you know, you should have some concern because now you're ten games back. The Tampa Bay Rays are just they're on fire, man. They just are. I know. They just are, are just a great team, man. I mean, now they play games with their competition. Like you saw that little flip he did to himself. Yes. <laughs> you know, so 
it's hard to beat a team where they're confident and then having fun too. But you're right. The season's not over yet. I do think it's, it is some concern. You don't want to fall too far back. You can't win a series. You can't win a division in, in May, but you can also, you don't want to lose one too. You don't want to give them too many games. Mm, no, but the Mets have done it. I mean, a lot of teams have come back down for me far down and made 10 games back. I mean, we've done it too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. They just need to get on a streak. They need to start winning some games. But, yeah, speaking of that, winning games, what do you got cooking on your show? Well, of course, let's take care of uh, uh, the baseball standings of this month. Um, also, look at the calendar events. The deck, we got the Kentucky Derby uh, tomorrow, so we'll take thoughts on that. Uh, we'll do some of that other football league. Sorry. Oh, boy. Uh, the playoffs. Um, We'll also take care, of course, the regular features of the Ridiculous Sign of the Week um, and this week, this week in sports history and the feel-good story of the week because I do have one, and I think if you've been paying attention to some of the notes, you'll figure out what it is. So if you've got time between 4 and 6 tomorrow, that's Eastern time, 512-543-4662. And uh, we're also on YouTube, so um, if you get a chance, go to YouTube and type in the Enhanced Sports Show, and you'll, and you'll see my shows on there. Okay, the Enhanced Sports Show on YouTube, and you guys yep. can get them there on YouTube, and you also can go ahead and find them at 512-543-4662-512. Say again, Lou? If you're going to look on YouTube, uh, wait till the show ends, of course. Okay, yeah, so definitely, and... Yeah. Yeah, 5-1-2, 5-4-3, 4-6-6-2, 5-1-2, 5-4-3, 4-6-6-2, between 4 and 6 p.m. tomorrow, Saturday, Eastern Standard Time Zone. Yeah, so definitely wait till the show ends if you're going to watch it on YouTube. And make sure you guys subscribe to his channel on the Enhanced Sports Show on YouTube. So make sure you don't forget to do that. Support Lou. Definitely don't forget to do that for sure. 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. Got to have a great show. That other league is referring to is the XFL. <laughs> I'm assuming we got two and leagues now. And the USFL. And the- That's right. <laughs> well, don't forget, XFL is the week off. That's right. Yep. Championship game is next week, next Saturday, next week from today. Week we'll be- next week we'll discuss the championship game. Yeah. That's right. It's. A week from tomorrow. I did say a week from today. It's a week from tomorrow. It's next Saturday is a championship game. Correct. Yes. So, yeah, it's 512-543-4662. 512-543-4662 or the Enhanced Sports Show on YouTube. So, yeah, Lou, it's always a pleasure. I'm glad you called back. Yeah, I can hear you better now. That's awesome. I can hear you like a, a rock star. And you are a rock star. Thanks. We definitely appreciate you on the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio that, Show. So, yeah. Always a pleasure. Yeah. All right. So next week I'll be back at the same, same time, same station, and back in my normal surroundings. Oh, you got it. No problem. Look forward to it. Always a pleasure. Definitely. I will tell Aaron you said hi. Thanks. You're welcome. Take care. Always an Pleasure and honor here from Lou 
the Enhanced Sports Show. So you guys can uh, go ahead and check them out there. And let me go ahead and remind you our phone number, 2516-418-5572, 516-418-5572. So, yes, and uh, that's going to be the great thing about Lou is that we really appreciate him here on the Allen Aaron Sports and Creator Show. Always a pleasure. And one of the things, too, that's going to be a real pleasure this weekend, as he mentioned, the Kentucky Derby is coming up. It is tomorrow. So definitely check that out. You know, I'm going to go ahead and debut a song in just a few moments. But I did want to tell you cool thing about people who have never been to Kentucky. I have actually been to Kentucky. I haven't actually been to the Kentucky Derby yet, but I have been to where they race at. It is really cool. I love how people get dressed up and get really prepared for the game, for the big race, and it's exciting. You know, when every time I watch it, I it's like it's kind of like bittersweet to me when I watch Kentucky Derby because of the fact that it's like, yo, I want to I want a horse that can be in that race. Like you know, that competitive juices are flowing. Like it'd be really cool if my horse was in this race. So I'm like, you know. It's cool, but it's also like, what if, every time I watch it. But there is going to be no what if on this song here. We're going to debut a song by the number one guy. His name is Sam Scola. Sam Scola. Write that down. If you're a music producer, you are looking to go ahead and sign a fantastic artist. Sam Scola from Maine. And definitely want to give him his props and give his wife Mary his props. So thank you, Sam Scola from Maine. We have a great debut song for you, the Kentucky Derby. We're going to go ahead and debut that in just a little bit. But let me go ahead and play one of Sam Scola's songs, not the Kentucky Derby song, but I'm going to play one of his songs right now for you guys. My Life of Dreams theme song.
All right, folks, where we got it all warmed up for you. That was My Life of Dreams by Sam Scola. But now we're going to go ahead, play his debut song of It's the Kentucky Derby. It's the Kentucky Derby by Sam Scola. Kentucky Derby. That's right. It's a Kentucky Derby. Thank you so much, Sam Scola, for that song. So we greatly appreciate it here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. It's the Kentucky Derby by Sam Scola, your producer, artist, and you have some opportunity for Sam Scola, please let us know. We'll relay the message and get that over to our great friend. But definitely thank you, Sam Scola, for that musical piece there so a lot a lot of great things that are coming up here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show definitely going to get an opportunity to join a lot more and as far as baseball we're going to go ahead and probably in the next month in June I will do my very best to go ahead and cover some baseball games keep you guys up to date with that as we take a break with football, when one season ends, another one begins. Down the road, we'll try to see what opportunities lie with the NFL. So we'll keep you posted on that. Definitely, I'm going to keep uh, you guys up to date on those things. And also, feel free to follow us on our YouTube page for interviews and great insight. And you can just go ahead and type right in the search bar, nice and easy. Just type in Allen, A-L-A-N. Last name is Alford, A-L-F-O-R-D. 
at Allen, A-L-A-N. Last name is Alford, A-L-F-O-R-D. Just click that. You'll see our sign there, Allen and Aaron. And you can also just type in Allen and Aaron right there on Facebook and follow us there. And usually if you want to follow myself and any of the social media, just type my name and you'll be able to find me. So we definitely appreciate you guys doing that. A lot of great things that are be coming up on our show. We don't want you guys to miss out on those great opportunities. But uh, definitely I will keep you up to date on things there. But I definitely wanted to let you guys know that, you know, I'll be back. Sorry you couldn't be here. But we're going to go ahead and make sure you guys continue to have a great show. Definitely want to thank our great, fantastic sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. That's Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Try to pick up a four-pack at flbbqsauce.com. Again, that's flbbqsauce.com. You know, Chef G is doing big things, so go ahead and support him. Check out his website there. And then also, if you need an opportunity for you know, a catering event, definitely check out Chef G's there, too. So a lot of great things coming on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. And for the Kentucky Derby, I'm going to give you guys my pick here. Again, just want to let you know that this is just for entertainment purposes. Do not place bets just based on my word, because if you lose money, I'm sorry, I can't help you. But I will say, you know what? I like... There's some great, great names in here, but I love this uh, Angel of Empire. Angel of Empire is 8-1 to one odds. I think the Angel of Empire has a great shot of winning, so I'm going to vote for the Angel of Empire. You know, uh, definitely best wishes to the jockeys, best wishes to the horses, and the fans on the Kentucky Derby that's coming up. And again, if you place bets based on what we say, don't call us. We lose some money. But if you want to offer some money, if you win some, I don't think we'll turn you down. <laughs> but best wishes to everybody for Kentucky Derby weekend. You know, a cool thing about my story is that I actually, you know, when I first, when I was in New York, I was right there in Elmont. There's actually, believe it or not, at a racetrack right there in Elmont, and I got a chance to see the races, racehorses right there. Chance to see a lot of them, and you know what? It's really cool. You know, you get to see how majestic and really cool horses are, and anytime they get injured, you feel bad for them, but definitely it should be a great race, and definitely save our number for the future, 516-418-5572. 516-418-5572. So really want to thank everyone for listening to the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Really appreciate you. Really thank you. Take care for now. You have a great weekend. Enjoy the Cinco de Mayo. And take care for now. Thank you. Listening to the Evan and Aaron's Post Talk Podcast. 
subscribe and check out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.